Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brandon McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times Woonsocket Golf. Pleased to be joined by retired sport, uh, Providence Journal Sports High School sports writer John Galuli. John recently released a book entitled Friday Night Lights, Why High, Friday Night Thunderbolts, my apologies, Why High School Football Matters to America's Future. John, thank you for first, first of all, thank you for joining me and uh, Let's talk about this book that you have out. Um, I guess, first of all, what was the inspiration behind it? Hi, Brent. I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, you know, I, I guess you say I was retiring. I knew I was basically a couple of weeks ahead of when I was uh, actually retiring. I knew I was going to. And I, fe I felt that was kind of an untold story. Uh, but I knew to do something like this, you needed to be able to have time to do it, having done and uh, spending a year with the Mount St. Charles team, which uh, when I uh, wrote Pride on the Mount 20 years ago. Uh, so suddenly I was retired and I had this time. Uh, and uh, Tommy Centauri, who was the coach I had known for years, uh, I knew his father, Tony, uh, he was a, a legend in, in high school coaching. And I just thought that was a unique story. Having no, having grown up in Cranston, Cranston had changed, but in a lot of ways it was still the same. So that that's what I felt that there was a story to be told here. So you retired in August of 2018, and the next day was the first day of football practice, and there you are. It's like, you know, you, you were retired for what, maybe what, 24 hours, and you're back on the beat with a notepad and probably your tape recorder uh, taking notes and everything. <laughs> That was about it. Yeah, Bren. Uh, again, I knew I knew you needed time to do this. So suddenly I had the time. I said, OK, let, let's do it to tell this story. Do you uh, did you approach Tom in advance and say, hey, I got this idea for a book. I'm going to be retiring. And how and how, uh, you know, what was you know, what is Coach Santori's message to you when he said, you know, I'd like to do something on your group and follow him around extensively for a season? Yeah, literally, it was a week ahead of the, this first practice, because, again, I just had found out that I was going to be retiring probably a week or so earlier. So I, I met uh, Tommy in a restaurant right over there near Cranston East. I proposed the idea. I told him, you know, and he knew the book that I had done on the, on the mouse. So he knew the idea of it. And uh, he, he said, great. And again, Tommy is a man of character and, and a quality person. And I always knew that. Uh, so when he said, yeah, well, yeah, great, John, we'd love to have you. So, okay. The first day of practice, this is next week, you know, you want to be there? And I said, I'll be there. And he said, how often are you here? I said, that was the thing. I, I didn't know what, how often I'd be there. I knew if I was doing it right and I could do it, I'd literally be there three to four days a week of practice and also on games on Friday night. Uh, so, but we played it by ear as it went along and uh, I got to know the kids. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that's the great thing about this. You know, th there's the, in, there's the whole basic story of it, but there's also the idea you get to know these kids and each kid has this, each kid, each young man has, has a story. Absolutely. It's not the, uh, it's not the Cranston and even I grew up in, or even you grew up in John, but I think that's what makes it so intriguing how that, that, that part of the city has evolved where it's, I will not even want to say it's a melting pot, but it's, it's definitely more diverse. And I think that's kind of, you know, and some people, you know, they weren't uh, truly receptive to it. I think sometimes, uh, you know, when people look at Cranston East, they're thinking, oh, maybe it's still, you know, mostly dominant, you know, white, but also too, you know, it's changed over the years. And I think that's what helped made it a compelling story as well to tell. Yeah. And it, uh, in the prologue that I, I mentioned this, and again, my, you know, that I know the history of Cranston a little bit. So 
I mentioned, I think in that the first couple of sentences of the prologue, I say, you know, I graduated from Cranston East in 19, 1964. Now, I did not play high school football, uh, but I had a bunch of friends who did. Uh, and so I had in, in my yearbook, I had a picture of the 1963 fall. Fall, they were the Met champions, a great, great group, great team. But every one of those faces on that, I think there were 43 varsity players, every one of those faces was white. And that was the, the Cranston that, that I grew up in. Uh, when I went to that first practice at Cranston East, uh, literally two thirds of the players of the players that I'm looking at were faces of color. Now I knew Cranston had changed, but I knew it hadn't changed to that level uh, in terms of that, that was that popular, that the members of the team represented the city population. In fact, I think I did uh, in 2000, even back in 2010, at that time, the, the first cent, the prior census had been 81% white, but even in 2017, they were talking about Cranston was 74% white. And yet I'm looking at a, a high school football team that's two third faces of color. So I knew, I, I, I'm saying, why did this happen? And I thought it was presented and, uh, you're right. It was a change. It was a change. 2018, the country was changing, and uh, I understand. I, I thought that high school football could te teach people and show people how football really helped people, and they help people understand and how how they uh, how they can work with diversity. And I thought you did an excellent job weaving in the fact that these kids are more than just football players. Some of them have jobs to do. Some of them, even their, their families, they're dependent on maybe going to work at Burger King, for example. And, you know, Coach Centauri structuring the summer practices, having them at night where most schools are practicing during the day, just because they, he knows that these kids have jobs to do. They have outside responsibilities. And, you know, and I think that's important to make people understand as well. These kids, you know, they, I, I think a lot of them, John, they have to grow up fast and, and for this Cranstonese football team in order to survive. Oh, definitely. And uh, again, that's, that's the thing that I discovered about this. Uh, again, I, I started with the idea of telling Cranston East football, and I realized what it became is, and that's why the, the title is uh, Friday Night Thunderbolts, but also why high school football is important to the future of America. And we're talking high school football, Brendan, not pro, not college. We're talking high school football. And we needed, I needed a public school high school team. And nothing against any of the, the Catholic schools, but you know, they, they can pick and choose kids from various split. This is a public school team from a specific part of a city, which is now the second largest city in, in the state of Rhode Island. So anyway, I, I thought it would be a, a good story and you know, I'm very happy with what, the way it came out. Oh, as you should be. And it, you know, the makeup of that Cranston East team, you know, very few kids from Edgewood and even, even more stunning what I was reading, John, the pipeline to the Edgewood Eagles, the Pop Warner youth football program, that it kind of dried up a little bit. So it was really, and a lot of these kids, they were coming out to play football for the first time. It's not like they grew up playing the sport. It's almost like that first day that when they get to Coach Centauri and, uh, and his uh, staff, it's like, teach me. No, that, that's very true. And uh, and again, part of, uh, when you do this, you realize you, you're writing about characters and, and you develop individual people in it. And one of the great players and one of the great young men that I, I got to know was a young man, Mac Hanley, who is from Edgewood. And Mac, who was a great, it was a very good athlete. 
had never played high school football. He was a basketball player, very good basketball player. But he wanted to come out and play football when he got to high school. And he did. He joined the team. And he was a very, very good. He started becoming a very good football player. In fact, and he was a very, uh, you know, a National Honor Society type student. Uh, and he had become so strong that Tommy Centauri was saying, you know, he's the type of kid that can go play for a NESCAC type type school team. So, I, and Tommy hadn't even talked to him about what he was talk, going to do in his future. This was 2018 was his senior year. And well, so I talked to Mac. I said, you know, are you interested in, in playing for, he said, no, he says, I'm not going to play college football. This is, this is it. He says, I don't have a passion for football. I have a passion for being a member of this team. And it, it developed from there. And uh, there was all, all sorts of kids. The, the kids were great. And I, I tried to bring out, it's not one or two, a football team. That's the great thing about a football team, especially high school football. It's not one or two kids. It's 30 kids as well. And that was one of the unique things about Cranston East. At a time when high school football participation was dropping, Cranston East in 2018, there was 100 kids out for that first day of practice, 100 kids running. So that's kind of the, the stuff that I, I talk about in, in the, the book. And uh, I develop really relationships and develop, I try to develop each of the, these kids and not each of them, obviously, but I bet there's probably 10 or maybe 15 of the kids who, whose individual stories are told in this book. But I think one of the more powerful quotes in the entire book is uh, early on, and maybe, you, and you got it that first day of practice, uh, which we should know was inside the Cranston East Gymnasium with a couple of fans going and kids uh, running around in shoulder pads and, you know, if, you know, sweating off probably whatever, five pounds or whatever and over the course of a couple hours. But I just want to read the quote from um, assistant coach Ken Simone. Once you have them, once they trust that you are in this for them and they believe you are about them, not just, not just about winning games. You have them forever. And I, you probably know this, John, because you've covered high school sports for a long time. The, the trust factor that these coaches maybe have to do in order to gain the support of the players. And for, I think that might be the, one of the more powerful quotes in the entire book. It speaks to how much you know, there was a trust factor between the coaching staff and the players. Very true. And, and you're right. You're totally correct. And, and today in this day and age more so than ever before and i think high school football coaches they have to have once they get the trust of, of their uh players then the kids will commit to them to them uh that, that's part of the unique thing about high school football and that's why high school football is so important again high school football comes at a critical time in a young man's life uh and i, I think uh, something like nine percent of high school football players ever go on to play in college and uh and at any level and i think it's like uh probably two percent go on to play division one so this isn't about this is about playing foot high school football playing football because you're going to go on and play in college this is about what the lessons that high school football teach and and we're, we're using this team as this extremely diverse great great city coming from a great team coming from a great city and a public school team and uh, the lessons that high school football teach and all coaches, all, I like to think all high school coaches teach that. Uh, but Tommy Satori was definitely unique. Oh, very unique. And, you know, during this, you know, the, the summer, as it turned to September, you know, he's dealing with his father, Tony, he's, you know, dealing with an illness, he passes away in, um, you know, early in the season, and we're going to get to that in a minute. 
But what struck me, John, is, you know, Chris Nice had a named captains. And the next day, the mother of a player comes up to Coach Centauri to hand over his uniform because he wasn't happy that it wasn't named a captain. And he was so broken up about it. Now, this is a coach that's dealing with his father. And, you know, he probably has a million things on his mind. But all of a sudden, you know, as a coach, you just can't uh, worry about the X's and the O's. You have to care about these players off the field. Are they... Are they getting a ride? Are they, you know, taking care of their grades? Are they, are they basically eating correctly? Because, you know, who knows if they're getting three square meals a day? You know, for someone like uh, Coach Santori, it's more about football in terms of, you know, what plays you're going to call on Friday night. You have to care about these guys. And that probably goes back to Co- uh, Ken Simone's uh, quote about how it's so important to earn their trust. Yes, without a doubt. And again, we work into the story that Tommy Centauri came at this, who was came Cranston East football obviously has, and Cranston football has a great legend uh, and for years uh, and decades. Uh, and it kind of went down and Tommy came back and Tommy had been with his father at Johnston high uh, came back to be the, took over to be the head, didn't come back. He took over as the head coach of Cranston East in 2004 and started developing the program to the point where Cranston East, just the, probably the five or six years prior to the 2018 season was without a doubt the most successful public school football team in the state. Uh, they were the only, t- uh, and I, I haven't got the exact years, but I think probably a six or seven year period going into 2018, they were the only public school team that had played against the Catholic powers, Henrik and LaSalle in the Super Bowl uh, over a lot of, Prior ten years, I think something like that, and uh, then when they played Henderson in the Super Bowl, I think it might have been 2016, something like that. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So Tommy developed this, but you're right; he couldn't develop it just because of football, and he knew football, as you mentioned. His father Tony is a legend; was a legend in Rhode Island high school football. But he needed to he he needed to get the players. Support confidence, total confidence, total confidence, not just confidence in his football ability, is confidence that he was caring about them as people, not just as football players. And, you know, he wasn't, uh, Coach Centauri wasn't, you know, above raising his voice to the group. And, you know, I think a couple of times he called them selfish. And it was, you know, telling about, you know, and he, an old school coach kind of dealing with the new group and, and, you know, everything that goes with social media and everything else and trying to bring everyone together. And I found it striking one day, you know, they were looking for a snapper. Now, nobody wants to play snapper. It's not exactly an exotic position, but you got guys who are just standing on the field and they're probably complaining that, oh, I don't get any reps or anything like that. I think, uh, you know, for an old school soul, football soul, like Coach Santori, it's kind of explaining to these guys, look, you want to do things to get on the field. We have this opportunity for, if you want to be the snapper, you have to seize it. And it's kind of like making these guys, these kids aware that, you know, it's not just about them football uh, for football, especially if one person out of the 11 does not do their job correctly, the odds are the play's going to blow up. Yeah. I mean, again, that's high school football. And that's the unique thing about football. Football has a position for everybody. Uh, obviously everybody, a lot of people want to be the stars and the kid that, that, that that's his dream to be the star. Not everybody can be a star. And that's the thing about football. You, 
you can all you can always find your position in football, no matter what you are, what you look like, what your size is. You can find a position in football if you're willing to, to like you say, make some adjustments to what you are. The idea that you're going to be the star. You're not going to be the star. You're going to be a contributor. And one of the wonderful things about being a contributor in life, as well as in more so in football, and that's what football teaches. That's what high school football teaches. That's what high school football coaches have to teach. And like you say. You know, Tommy was the son, is the son, was the son of a legendary high school football coach, Tony Centurion. Tommy and, and Tony was the type of guy which gets in, I get into in the book. But Tony was the type of guy who coached for 40 or 50 years. And he was under, he understood that a coach has to change, not with his principles, but with, you know, life changes and what the people, the kids change. And, and you have to be able to understand that and adopt what their life is to your principles, which Tony was always able to do that. He taught that to Tommy. Tommy carried that right in, right into his coaching. Absolutely did. And, uh, you know, we mentioned that, um, you know, Tony Santori, he wasn't doing well health-wise. And, you know, he passed away early September of, uh, you know, 2018. And in the book, it says that you received a phone call from uh, his son the next morning. What was that like, John, just to get that phone call? And, you know, how much... You know, first as a person, you know, your compassion, you know, someone losing their father, but also too, it's, you know, that's part of the story as well to tell. Yeah, I, but again, I, we I mentioned in the book, the, probably the night before Tommy had said, I'm not sure if my dad is going to make it through the weekend because he, he just was very, very sick. And the doctor said he had been in the hospital a couple of weeks earlier. And basically the doctors told Tommy, look, he wants to go home. We're letting him to go, go home to die. So when Tommy called me, I wasn't shocked. But yeah, you're right. You're in the middle of the season. And now the coach's father dies. Uh, and uh, so the team became obviously, uh, I said not obviously, but did become a uh, very strong point for Tommy and Tommy's support. And that's all that we get it without revealing a lot in the book, but that's all part of the book and, and how, how the, the kids or some of the older players on the team, of course, had known Tony Centuri, Coach Centuri, because Tommy always made his father, literally up until that season of 18 when he couldn't do it, he, Tony was always on the field, around the field, so that he was always felt that he was part of the Cranston team. So the, the seniors on that team knew Tony Centuri and may, probably some of the juniors. Uh, and there's a whole chapter basically on Tony's wake and, and the kids all going to it. So yeah, it, it was a tough season. It, it's not the type of season. It's not the things that I thought was going to happen. I, I had no idea what I was getting into this when I, when I asked Tommy if he was willing to let me be involved in it. Uh, it, it became a very interesting season and really a test of what high school football can mean uh, to young, young men. And you know what, as you get into the season, John, and following this team, I thought you did a great job chronicling the other communities that Cranston East had on the schedule or, or schools, you know, telling about their stories as well. You know, just how important was that, you know, as you dive into this football team, this particular football team, to talk about their opponents and the communities that they represent? Yeah, I mean, this is a Rhode Island football story. And, you know, this isn't Texas. This is, as I say, right, right in the... Uh, the first chapter or, or, or in the prologue, you know, this isn't Texas high school football. This isn't Florida high school football. And the reality is to most people, when they think of 
football, they thought, especially in 2018, they thought of the New England Patriots, whose you know home field is 50 miles up the road from the Cranston Stadium. So I thought I wanted to tell what Cranston East was involved in in terms of you know East Providence football. And so what I did was game by game. And again, Cranston East, because they're playing in the top level, they were playing some of the storied teams of of high school, Rhode Island high school football team. They played Portsmouth. They played East Providence High. Of course, they played Henrikin. So every time they played one of those teams, as you say, I tried to talk about East Providence. So I tried to talk about Portsmouth and how Portsmouth football had changed. And, and uh, I, I talked about Henrikin and how, how in, in my perspective, and how I could see, see Henrikin football, how it changed. So yeah, it's a Rhode Island. It's a Rhode Island football story, in addition to the Cranston East football story. You know, on game days for you, John, did you, you know, you're on the sidelines, you know, with the group, maybe walking up and down, seeing what the kids were like, and maybe listening to the coaches or whatever. But were you, did you maybe want to go on the bus to kind of see what the the pre and the post game like feel was to get a feel for that vibe in order to tell your story? Yeah, I mean, I took, I think I took one bus ride uh, from Cranston over the, uh, I think it was over, actually when they were playing uh, St. Rayfields over in the uh, stadium. Sometimes I went, I took one of the assistant coaches would, would drive with me. And sometimes that was some of the great stuff that I got from there. Uh, and I had done bus rides with, with Mount St. Charles, which were different. So I knew that what it was like. So uh, yeah, I knew what I knew what the bus ride route was. And again, we're talking Rhode Island football, so there weren't any long bus rides. So sometimes I was better to take an assistant coach, and I'd get there early, and and would be talking about. Uh, I'm talking to the coaches about stories. I think uh, uh, some of the best stories I heard were some of the, the the rides that I when I drove some of the coaches to the to the fair because most of, a lot of times the assistant coaches. Some one or two assistant coaches wouldn't ride on the bus because they had to get there ahead of time to prepare the, the field or prepare this, the, especially the visiting when they were a visiting team. So that when the, the team got there, they were, they were ready for it. So, yeah, I, it, it's a whole, as I say, you need an enormous amount of time to do this. And the only way I knew I could do it was uh, being retired. The advantages of quote being old. <laughs> um, but, you know, not all the story isn't, you know, it, it doesn't have like a true, a quote unquote championship happy ending. You know, this they beat uh, the Cranston's beat Cumberland, I believe, that last weekend of the regular season. And then they find out what a day later that, you know, due to, uh, you know, tie breaking rules, they weren't going to be in the playoffs. Just how, you know, for you, you know, just to, you know, you're thinking, oh, man, it'd be great to like at least get them to the Super Bowl or something like that. But. You know, from on the flip side, it's also like talking about the lessons that are learned that, you know, life isn't always fair. Yeah, exactly, Brendan. And that's and that's what Tommy Centauri was constantly teaching kids. You know, this is about this is about a football game, but this is about your life. Uh, and uh, so it was constantly and just like you say, literally to the, the last day, uh, it's life isn't always fair. You, but they played, like you said, that one of their, their last regular season game was against Cumberland, who was a very good team, was probably, was definitely favored to, to win. Uh, and uh, they came back and they had this, this great game at Cumberland, but then that wasn't going to be enough to get them in the playoffs. And so that, that's, part, that's the story. And uh, again, I, every day, every day I was at practice. I tried it. I'd watch the do, watch the kids doing, watch what, 
the coach did with the kids, meetings afterwards, individually with the kids. And then the kids were great. I mean, I, I would ask a kid, would be walking away from practice. And you know, I didn't want to make a big thing of it. And that's kind of the thing. I, I just wanted them to tell me some of their real stories. And, and, I th and I think they do, in my mind, in the book. There's some great individual stories about these kids. Not superstars, not kids who are going to the NFL, not kids who are going to college, but just kids for, for whom high school football means meant so much no i think it's all kids that you would want to root for you know it, and that it you know speaks volumes to you your ability as a storyteller to kind of like get these kids to like you know man they're going through a lot you know i'm pulling for them you know as you kind of read this book and maybe you're an outsider who doesn't really follow high school football you're like wow these kids they go through a lot just to maybe get to practice and everything and and the other thing that's so compelling is you know, they're one of the few uh, public high schools that you really, you can't walk outside and get to practice. You've got to take a bus to get over there. That's another obstacle these kids had to overcome. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes, it's unique about, about Cranston East. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's in the middle of the city of Cranston, which is a, quote, suburban ring type city. So it's not like, you know, they're in the middle of urban, an urban area, but it's just unique. I mean, it, literally, the high school is right next to City Hall, which is right next to the school department. And uh, there is no practice facility. The stadium is about uh, maybe a quarter mile away, but it's across what they, what is known as, if you know Cranston, Reservoir Avenue, which is the busiest road in Cranston. So the kids can't walk across that field. So they have to be bused to the field. Uh, it, yeah, it's one more problem that this, this team has that other teams don't have. So the season ends on Thanksgiving day against Cranston West, you know, from a timeline perspective, John, and all of a sudden, you know, it gets 2019 and then the world changes in 2020, as we know, just how much, you know, you know, were you able to maybe turn this around and you, you stuck with this project in terms of here it is October, 2022, you have, we have a book on our hands. Yeah. Well, uh, again, you're right. What, so I gave, I gave myself, having done it before, I said, I'll give it a year to write it. I, you know, I didn't know if anybody really be interested. So I wasn't going to go out asking agents stuff to do it. Whether or not I wasn't sure I could write it. So I, I gave myself a year to do it. And I kind of surprised myself. I, I, in my opinion, I got the story done, uh, right around Christmas time of 19. And, uh, then, like you say, the world changed. Uh, the world, for, especially for these kids, and part of which is what, what I write in the uh, prologue afterwards. Uh, so now, COVID hits. What am I going to do? What you know? And I'm like everybody else. I'm certainly in in isolate, whatever you want to call it, during all of COVID. And then, so I'm saying, okay, is this? And, and it changed. And, and I get I get into how it's how it is affected. A very very, the prologue, I mean, the epilogue right afterwards quickly kind of explains how it changed. Uh, I said, okay, I think what the thing is, I'm going to tell the story. That story of 2018, that season is a, is a unique story. Boom, let's just tell that story. And then in the epilogue, we'll say how the world changed, you know, in you know, 20,000, uh, not 20,000, even 10,000 words are kind of explain how the world has changed and how it's changed to Christian's football. But the whole idea is that story is 2018. Uh, and I had written, so then it was into, so basically it was too late to be talking to editor, I mean, talking to agents or anything else. So I got into the world of self-publishing. Oh, and, uh, 
friend that I knew nothing about, but and then, so I had some people, some people that helped, and it was great. I, I was able to do it. Bottom line, like you say, we ha we have a book now. You have a book now, and where can people get this book, John? Uh, it's on all the pretty much all the we uh, websites, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. Hopefully, it'll be in some of the the bookstores, Barnes and Noble bookstores. Uh, other, the individual bookstores that's I'm now in the book promotion business I guess I got to go out and talk to the bookstore managers and things like that uh so yeah ba basically for some some people have heard about it because I tweeted out once that it literally was out so some people have ordered it so yes you can go on Amazon right now and order it uh Barnes and Noble website and order it uh various other book sites uh thrifty book I know it's on the website so you can do it you can get it on all the book, book sites and hopefully it'll be in the, the local, uh, regional and, and independent bookstores throughout the state of Rhode Island, you know, within, within the couple of weeks, I hope. I highly recommend the book. If you're a fan of high school football, you know, I've lived it for the last, I don't know, 15 years since I've been in this uh, world of journalism. And, you know, I definitely, you know, say if you like compelling stories to learn about kids in Rhode Island and what they have to go through today, you know, this is the book for you. You should pick it up. John, I appreciate the time and, uh, you know, best of luck with the uh, with the sales of the book and also trying to get the message out there that this is a true Rhode Island story, not just about football, but also what it, today's youth has to go through. Thank you, Bryn. All right, everyone. I'd like to thank everyone for listening for the, to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. We'll be back with a fresh episode soon. Until then, take care.